very good morning to every one of you in the very first chapter of first kings that's uh, what i'm going to deal with the very first chapter of first kings we find a most disappointing account of the greatest leader of uh, israel of course one can argue that moses is uh, the greatest uh, leader and uh, that would be right but i'm talking from the king's point of view i mean uh, the golden era of israel and israel even today david is uh, definitely the the greatest uh, leader that is revered and and uh, thought of uh, as uh, uh, as uh, for israel and this person in this first kings uh, first chapter totally disappoints from the leadership qualities point of view and those of you who love uh, king david and admire and appreciate and talk uh, so much about king david you may be a little upset with me saying why am i picking uh, the the worst moments of the greatest person is is it a good thing to do so yes the bible always records that so that we can learn in this uh, chapter we see david absolutely disappointing you know now uh, you you can see david there so old and well advanced in years but not yet proactively announcing another successor for him hr people will say this is very poor succession planning and some of you may have thought when i was saying this is the worst phase you we are going to read that chapter on when david uh, committed adultery and tried to cover it up and then became a murderer to uh, no this is uh, in the normal course of things when uh, things were well under his control overcome even the threat of absalom and uh, and still not learning very very important lessons from it you know now uh, i just want to very quickly go into four things that david did not do and uh, don't worry i'm not going to leave it there uh, god always sends someone else to fill, fill the gap so four things that david did not do firstly we see that as a king cloistered away in seclusion not hardly meeting anyone even his own favorite wife of all had to you know a uh, very um, seriously seek permission to even enter into his presence that's not how a leader should behave and uh, even from his own family point of view his own sons not being in touch with him at all not being in touch with all the other leaders uh, the priests the leader of the army not being in touch with them all, that's not the mark of a leader number one was david did not engage i can't imagine now how some of us we talk about we are mentor and we talk about that we are leader but we like uh, to be kind of very secluded there's there's a group of people who's enjoying this uh, lockdown phase because they say i don't want to go and uh, you know be with people and all but that's not the hallmark of a good leader a good leader will be in continuous touch as a parent you know when my son left home and went there i remember my father advising me saying for no reason at all you'll have to be in touch with him you'll have to call him every day you'll have to ensure that uh, in some way or the other you engage him don't wait for him to call back i've heard people saying like uh, as a leader when you're a manager for every single opportunity don't lose an opportunity to engage with your people 
very very important number 2 is uh, we see that david did not encourage his uh, people at all so his own son adonijah you know uh, adonijah who unfortunately is mentioned there instead of the son of david is mentioned the son of agit of course to kind of differentiate between many kids that he had uh, exalted himself verse 5 adonijah the son of agit exalted himself why will someone need to exalt oneself if uh, you are not given uh, if you are given proper encouragement at all times by your parents or by your leaders you know there'll never be a need for you to exalt themselves it is said you know no one will blow your trumpet for you you'll have to blow your own trumpet but if you are in a place of good leadership you don't have to do that there will be recognition there will be acknowledgement there will be appreciation and then that that dirt will never be there i believe that uh, you have to continuously encourage uh, your people and i believe also that uh, you know it's uh, it's 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 like uh, your daily dose of vitamins you know nowadays we are living in an age where unfortunately you know and uh, some of the older generation they regret it that people don't like any kind of correction if you correct them if you in some way are critical even from a good point of view uh, they they think there's something is going wrong because they're starving for actually appreciation and recognition and you can give it you can give it and and uh, you you can't be a leader which says that i will not appreciate uh, them i will control them you know and uh, by my control i will lead them no encouragement is very important david did not engage he did not encourage david also never educated his people you will see a little later you know that nathan came and gave some advice why does someone have else have to come and give advice to his own family you know how uh, uh, how to conduct oneself how to do oneself as a leader you know you have to continuously as a mentor as a parent you have to continuously keep educating your people you know and uh, david did not do that in verse 12 nathan says come now therefore come let me give you some advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son solomon so so negligent was the leader you know that now there would be a threat to the life of his favorite son and favorite uh, wife also and then there was no kind of uh, you know counsel from him at all and why would anyone have to go to someone else so it is actually quite a quite a sad uh, situation of leadership he did not engage he did not encourage he did not educate i believe i mean if you count it carefully the scholars say 19 sons that david had plus two who uh, who died in infancy you know and uh, and so uh, it was not a very good situation in a span of control they say even if you're a leader forget about being a parent and if you're a leader a span of control they say is uh, eight you know and more than eight it is difficult to truly mentor them and to uh, give leadership to them of course our lord also had um he built leaders our lord jesus built 12 of them and that was a very good number number 4 and lastly you know what happened uh, solomon was uh, proclaimed as king and rode on the king's mule and when they heard it adonijah who had rebelled 
you know, Adonijah who had rebelled and who, uh, who I, I mean, tried to become king himself. When he heard that the king favored Solomon and Solomon was riding the king's mule, he was in panic and he came and he held on to the horns of the altar. And that in those days was a place of refuge. You generally don't attack a person who held on to the horns of the altar. And fair enough, Solomon declared uh, him safe after extracting a promise that he would be good to him. But the point is that even in the time of extreme panic, Adonijah did not come to David. He could have been safe there. Of course, he, he did in, in, in that sense a right thing by going to the horns of the altar. But the point is, his own father also, his own leader also was not uh, available for him at that point of time. David was very much alive. But it probably never even occurred to him that I can go to him for mercy. You know, I can go to him for forgiveness and uh, he will forgive me. He was known as a person who was kind and forgiving. But his own son did not go to him because David never really embraced people at that point of time. So David did not engage, he did not encourage, he did not educate, and he did not embrace. Now, I told you we will end on a good note. So uh, that's how beautiful the Lord works in our life, whether it is in a church or in an organization or something. When one person fails, when the person fails, God never sees to it that there is a dearth of leadership. God sends at that crucial time, this is probably the second or maybe other times also, when at a crucial critical time, Prophet Nathan comes into the scene. And look what uh, he does. Nathan, Prophet, he was a godsend at that point of time. He comes and he deals with the whole situation very, very tactfully. If you read this first uh, uh, chapter of First Kings, you will agree with me. You know, Nathan, the prophet, he was a godsend to King David and to Israel. Five things that he did, it's a great signs of leadership. One was he was perceptive. You know, he had his ears to the ground. So he goes to Bathsheba and says, have you not heard? Which means that he was, he knows that, okay, something is happening. I was not invited, but something is happening. We have to act about it. He was very perceptive. As a leader, they say you should be able to smell things when things are not wrong, uh, are not right. You should be able to smell it. Number two is he was proactive. He did not play. Many people says, okay, let's wait and see what will happen. When it happens to us, we will take a step. No, he did not play the game of wait and watch. He immediately made a plan and went to Bathsheba. In verse 13, he says, go in at once. That's a sign of being proactive. Don't wait for anything else to happen. He was perceptive. He was proactive. He was actually positive. Now, when situations like that happens, many leaders today also, you know, they dwell unnecessarily on the negative. Negative things actually vex your spirit. A lot of negative things were happening then, but he did not dwell on the negative. You know, many people, uh, they, they specialize in the gloom and doom, but Nathan, he was a problem solver. He was not dwelling on the negative, but he was dwelling on the possibilities. He was a positive person. And he said, let's work it out. Let's resolve this issue. That's a positive leadership. Number four, you know, he was peaceful. He never suggested a violent alternative. 
you know, he could have gone and convinced the king and says, send your army and, uh, you know, let's exterminate this threat to your leadership. No, he was peaceful. He gave a brilliant idea on how peacefully, without any bloodshed, the issue could be resolved. You know, Solomon did not have to go and attack Adonijah. In fact, Solomon also forgave Adonijah. And I suspect, again, Prophet Nathan's advice would have come in there. He was perceptive. He was proactive. He was positive. He was peaceful. And lastly, you know, he was practical. You, you read the passage there, very small things there, which shows how practical you are. A leader has to be strategic and also has to be tactical. So both those things are very, very important. He says a simple thing like you go in first and you speak that and I'll come and reinforce the message. I'll come in a little early, uh, later. Practical tips like that. And he says, you know, he was very practical in the sense he says, you know, I know that this will lead to a threat to your own life. He was on the street. He knew what was going on. So God sent Nathan at a time of bitter disappointment when David, and I'm just summarizing now and I'll hand it back, when David, you know, as a leader did not engage with his own people, did not even encourage as a leader, he did not educate and then he did not embrace his own people. You don't see, I mean, and, and, and that, uh, that lack of leadership came actually several times with three of his sons with Amnon, with Absalom, and now with Adonijah, which is what the first chapter is all about. David did not show these leadership qualities, but Nathan came in, God sent Nathan. And sometimes we have to be, uh, because leadership is not necessarily a person. It could come from anywhere. It need not always reside in one person. And praise God when God's people need leadership. God always provides that. We have to keep our ears and our eyes open. And it came here in the form of Nathan. He was perceptive. He was proactive. He was positive. He was peaceful. And he was practical. Praise God. And let us be leaders of that kind. You know, and let us never be leaders who hold on to positions. But, you know, let us more be involved in providing leadership rather than holding on to positional authority in anything, in any aspect of our life. May God bless us and lead us and continue to open our eyes. One request that I will have is that uh, whenever you have some time, just read the first Kings and uh, remember uh, these little insights that I have shared with you. First Kings, first chapter. Thank you very much. Loving God, we just want to thank you and praise you a lot. What a beautiful uh, morning time this is, oh Lord. What a beautiful day. Every day is an opportunity, oh Lord Jesus. And every day is uh, an opportunity to reflect your glory, to reflect also the leadership skills that you've given to each one of us. Every day is also a learning opportunity, oh Lord. And this is the start of our work week, Monday morning. And we pray, oh Lord, that uh, you would give us wisdom and sagacity and leadership and uh, you would make us worthy of being uh, worthy, not by ourselves, but worthy of being called your children, O oh God. Lord, at this time, we bring these uh, prayer points uh, to your hands. I pray for uh, dear Celine as she's very uh, keenly 
requested our prayers for the business growth of JV Management Solutions. I pray that you bless that organization and uh, bless them and uh, let your blessings uh, be with them, O Lord Jesus. Give them wisdom, O Lord Jesus. Give them the skills, the right skills. We believe that all this can come with you, O Lord. And more important, what many people call luck, we call a blessing. Let your blessings be there in the market that they would be done in the right way and they would grow rapidly, uh, reflecting, O oh Lord, the growth that can come from you and you alone, Lord Jesus. We pray for that matter for all the organizations that we represent. Let us be the salt of the earth. Let us not only bring, O oh Lord Jesus, great values into the organization, but also let us bring great growth in the organizations where we, we, which we represent, O oh Lord Jesus. Loving God, I pray for uh, Sanjay. Uh, I pray that you would have mercy on him, O oh Lord. This can be a really traumatic time. As very earnestly, he's just saying that I've misplaced a document and need prayers to get back the same. Lord, have mercy, O oh Lord. When he's coming to you and when he's confessing the situation, oh Lord Jesus, please have mercy upon him. And at the same time, be a guide, Sanjay, to do the right things, to say the, the right things, oh Lord, and uh, to totally put this matter into your hands and obey you, oh Lord Jesus. Guide him at this time in his mind. Give him wisdom, oh Lord. Speak to him and guide him as to what he should do, oh Lord Jesus. And Lord, give him the strength to do however hard it is to do. Even if he has to go and talk about it to some people, let him do it with dignity and strength, O Lord Jesus, and courage. And uh, I pray that you would guide him and you would lead him, O Lord Jesus. O Lord, uh, even as we have a request, O Lord, to pray for the state which uh, uh, is uh, going through some very, very unusual, violent uh, situations, O oh Lord, Mizoram and Assam. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would have mercy, O oh Lord. This cannot be resolved by human will because any resolution by human will will be temporary and will resurface in a bigger manner later. But uh, we know, O oh Lord, that with your blessings, reflecting that God is present in the situation, there will be peace and there will be prosperity, O oh Lord Jesus. I pray that uh, you would bless that state, O oh Lord, even as Brother Emmanuel is requesting for it, O oh Lord. Thank you very much. And may your uh, grace be upon each one of us, O oh God, even as we sally forth into the day and into the week. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the pleasantest of reactions, which reflects that we belong to the King. For we ask all this in your most holy and precious name, loving Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.